Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we will be diving in to The Simple Wild and Wild at Heart by K.A. Tucker. So if you haven't read them yet and are planning to, press pause and save this episode for later. Yes, we are warning you right now. We are not holding anything back. This is going to contain all the spoilers, so many. We're just going to get into the main areas of the plot. We think that this is going to be an excellent episode for you to come back to once you've read both books. Um, well, we hope that <laughs> you'd consider coming back. Please after come back. We love your support. It makes us <laughs> <Please>. so happy. <laughs> we need you. Please. <laughs> um, right. So you have been warned. Spoilers start now. Right now. Oh my god, I love both of these books so much and for very different reasons. I'm probably going to read it like the second I get my hard copy in the mail, I'm probably going to start reading it. I also think I'm going to do that. Um, it's a different reading experience. because um, Well, Phoebe, because you like to hold that paperback book in your hands. Oh, I love like to, holding a 400-page paperback. And it's 400 pages. Question of the day, what do you like to hold? <laughs> Probably not an appropriate thing to ask when we're discussing romance, but anyway, I just need everyone to know that I love this book so, or both the books, why I think I love, not the main reason, but if you follow me on Instagram and you've seen my fiance at all, he is a grumpy, bearded, wonderful, romantic man who is just like I cannot tell you how many times I laughed out loud every time Callow would like talk about his like unruly beard in the simple wild because that's like the biggest argument point between Nick and my mom is his beard and he definitely has like gotten it under control but like if he's on the road a lot for work he'll come home and I'm like whoa where's your face can't find it (laughs) And oh my god! Like, well, so so the the million dollar question then, Phoebe, is did Kala inspire you to take the scissors to his face one night when he's sleeping? No, though he's such a hard sleeper, I probably could get away with it. I like when I watch him use his electric razor. I'm like, how do you not like slice your neck open? So I give Kala mad props for doing that because. Truly a shining moment. I would have been like, oh, I'd get him in the jugular and he'd bleed out in front of me. Like, I don't think I could do it. Um, And he takes very good care of himself. He does not need my help. He's not not really a Yeti. He's just, you know, generally pretty grumpy. I can't say John is like Jonah. John cannot grow a beard for his life. Actually... Fun fact, uh, like several years ago, I, I blocked it out of my brain, so I can't even remember <laughs> what year it was. He, His dad has a great mustache, and I think that John tried really hard to grow a mustache once, and it did not go well. All right. So anyways, before can't our- Can't say I relate to that. <laughs> before the men in our lives shut down this podcast for exposing them- I know, exposed. One of the reasons why I love talking about The Simple Wild with Ashley is because even though she's not from the South, she lives in North Carolina right now. So she calls it The Simple Wild. And oh my God, stop. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> and I love it so much. So what are the things that have been on your mind? What has been bothering you that you need to talk about okay. with the first book? 
Okay, first of all, after he she shaves his beard off or cuts his beard off, that was when the book was just like the best ever. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And we've got these... Um, two great back-to-back like sexually tense scenes the one where they're like where he like looks at her with like fire in his eyes and i think this is one of the moments where he growls yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're just gonna shout amanda out in every everything (laughs) every there's lots of growling we love a growl (laughs) (laughs) and she's like up against the wall and he like kisses her and it's like this deep long thing and I think that was the moment when Amanda texted me and she's like are they gonna bang or what (laughs) like what's happening and I was like this is it this is the moment and then it doesn't happen right because Mabel walks in yes and ruins it all god Mabel just so then we go to the infamous cabin the safety cabin the safety cabin where I was like this is not safe this is, this, is, this is not safe. And this is where I'm going to bring up what the one thing that bothered me. Okay. There was no talk of a condom. <gasps> I agree. And I know that she's on birth control, whatever. Like we've got, we know that she is, but I, that was my one, that's my one, um, like it's just so easy to throw that line in. Yeah. Right? Consent like, is so sexy easy. and, uh, being protected and yeah. everything. I mean, but like, the, so the simple wild is an example of like I think you said college or early adult romance. New adult. It's new new adult. new adult. Yes. So because like Cal is like our age. She's like 26, 27. and um, yeah. Jonah is thirty one, I believe. So they're still yeah, they're like he's a little on, bit older. Than like her. neither of them have been married before, but they do have experience in relationships. Like this is not their first sexual experience. To normalize. Uh, consent and like a healthy sexual dialogue between partners I think like it could it would be really helpful for authors to put something in like oh like before I don't think it ruins the moment I think it adds to, to adds to the reality asking are you on birth control like should I get a condom like are we protected like so I agree I agree with that point it was like the one thing because everything else about this whole story was so realistic and I thought, okay, that there could be like a, just a little bit more of a, of a dialogue there. But that, that scene, I, I just remember when they landed there and I was like, oh. this is it. This is the moment. This yeah, is where we're going to get it. I was all in. I loved it. Like that was one of those examples of like when I talk about the characters like earning the uh, the moment, I was like, Yes, I am so with you guys right now. I think she did a really good job setting it up. Um, yes, so. and I think that that's something that's like, it's easier to do in an enemies to lovers situation. I was um, at that event with uh, Mia Sosa this this past week, and she was saying how enemies to lovers creates a really great opportunity for banter. I loved Kala and Jonah's way of teasing with each other yeah one of my favorite um i can't i'm gonna be quoting shakespeare in every episode apparently um one of my favorite shakespeare's is much ado about nothing and i feel like that's like the og enemies Mm -hmm. to lovers story between beatrice and benedict it's really timeless it's a really easy way to like anchor your sexual tension with someone um Mm -hmm. without like you feel like you're not revealing a lot but you're still like creating this really really fun back and forth that keeps you thinking about them so I agree the simple wild did leave me with a few questions like it's definitely a happy for now type ending where it's like 
Jonah comes back, comes and flies to her in Toronto and says, I can't live without you. We need to make this work. And she's like, yes. And then it ends. And that's such a, um, that's such a great ending. But because we have this background dialogue or this background story between Ren, Kala's dad, and um, Kala's mom about um, how they tried to make it work in Alaska too and how they couldn't. Mm-hmm. And you can't just say I'm not going to be I'm not going to be my mom. I'm not going to repeat my mom's mistakes. And Jonah can't just say I'm not going to be like Ren. I'm not going to not tell my feelings. I'm going to chase after you, like, and just end, and everything going to be okay. But I think that Wild at Heart really created this opportunity to put action behind those words. I agree. Um, we mentioned in the previous episode, Wild at Heart is the story after the happy right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can see like, is she going to follow in her mom's footsteps? Like, can she handle it? Can Jonah handle it? I think it's a really big responsibility to have your partner give up everything that they know and do this for you out of love and out of like wanting to make it work. And I think that weighs really heavily on Jonah. And I have one question about the simple wild for you before we move into wild at heart. Because um, I think you've mentioned that there are, like, are a couple, like, unforgivable qualities about yes. Ren, Kala's dad. Yeah. But, like, and I agree with those. But there, that moment in the kitchen um, when she's like, I didn't know if you would, like, like this. I'm not that really good of a cook. I didn't know if you'd eat it. And he looks at her and he says, like, I would eat every last bite. I don't know if it like romanticizes the idea of like reconnecting with a parent after having abandonment issues or anything, but I do think it's like, I think it's a really nice attempt to show like, it's okay to forgive, but not forget and to really like learn from those moments. So I am a big fan of the character of Ren. Um, So I was really nervous going into Wild at Heart that it would feel, but but there's such something missing for Kala and Jonah and all the characters who were affected by Ren's death. I'm very much in a camp of, I think life's too short, as we know from mm-hmm. from Ren's character, to harbor resentment, to not build those connections, and to, to hold on to anything from the past like that. And that's negative. Yeah, which is why like I'm, I was really, really excited that Wild at Heart was released because I was excited to see like how Cal and Jonah were going to navigate this level of their relationship because their passion and their connection it was like so deep so let's get out let's go on into let's go in i'm so we literally have not talked about any of it together we've been saving it for when we record i'm so excited i literally have a list written down i'm like these are all the things i want to talk about hit me hold my thought okay so this this story is Kala's growth. Yeah. This is really like it is a love story. Obviously, it's a it's a follow up to a romance, and it still qualifies as romance. But this is a um, continuation of a romance story, so it it feels different than your traditional romance. And in that, we get a lot of other great um, arcs to the mm-hmm. story. One of which is Kala's, the main one, is Kala's growth as a person and how she just comes into her own in Alaska. The book starts with um, Kala going up to Jonah as he's about to board his plane back to Alaska and saying, I want to make this work. Let's make this work. I'm going to come 
and I'm going to live with you and we're going to make it make a home and a life together in Alaska and then it's like this rash decision materializes and they find themselves living together in a very secluded area and that's so different from Cal's entire life Um, so different I loved like when so when they move from Bangor up to um Trapper's Crossing which is like our new setting in Wild at Heart um I love all the animals. <laughs> oh my gosh. They have same. such oh. personality. Like they okay, were like can I, I I really can't even tell you about this fainting goat, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke the Obsessed. fainting goat. And when she went Cala tells Jonah about it and she's like, We have a fainting goat and he's like, What? And she's like, Yeah, he literally fainted. He like played dead. It's a thing. Jonah's okay, like, have you oh. ever watched the fainting goats YouTube videos? Um, no, but I have seen the ones with them singing the Taylor Swift song when they're like, uh, she's like, I knew you were in trouble when you walked in. <laughs> and the goats are like, oh, I'm going to send you the link. And the goats okay, are like, so- and she's like, Meh, and the goats go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually. Okay. So what's so funny is in college one night, um, my roommate and I were like delusional. I don't know what was happening. It was like late, whatever. And we started watching these fainting goat videos on YouTube. And I've never laughed so hard as I have watching these videos. It's like a compilation of all of them. They just like, they like run and then they literally get paralyzed and they just like topple over. Oh, I need to do some research on this because Zeke was a highlight of Wild at Heart Highlight. I was really nervous about like, because she talks about the, um, she's like, I just feel like I'm being watched. And I was Mm -hmm. like... Who? I thought it was a person. I was kind of worried that it was going to be like Toby. Toby. I was um, thinking that too. Like he got a little stalkerish towards well, her. I was just waiting for um, either Kala to kiss Toby or like have a moment like that or vice versa with Jonah and Marie. Like I was just. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I was having like heart palpitations because I was like, you can't come back from that. Like, no, when Marie got brought up, I thought, yeah, when she was reintroduced, why are you here? Why are you here, Marie? You serve Mm -hmm. no purpose to me, which I give, I give K.A. Tucker a lot of credit because I think that would have been the easy way out um, of like creating conflict and drama within their relationship. And instead it was more about like the setting and like yes the, like it was and i think what i loved about this storyline is the only times that kala felt self-conscious about marie was when her and jonah were going through something or mm-hmm. when she was having doubts because she and she says my jealousy wasn't stemming from things Marie was doing. It was stemming from my own insecurities of where I felt right now. Like I felt like I couldn't adjust to this town. I felt like I couldn't adjust to this way of life and I was scared. And, yeah. and that would be the that would be the easy way out. And I think that that's, that shows so much talent on K.A. Tucker's point to mm-hmm. not take, not like cop out and have this like love triangle kind of thing or like have this moment where Jonah's like well do I want to take the hard road and be with Cal or do I want to take the easy road and be with Marie it made me love them more because um Jonah like his feelings for Cala never waver I do have like a little issue and like how Cala says to Jonah like it's not that I don't trust you I don't trust her 
that's a small, it's a very, very small element. Like I obviously like still love this book, but it's a, it's an element that I would love to see like removed from pop culture and removed from entertainment. The main tension is not Marie and Toby. The main tension is that Kala is a fish out of water in this mm-hmm. environment. And I loved, once again, like you said, it's you're putting it, it puts it perfectly to say that the tension in the story, like the thing, the wedge that's growing between them is is this character of Traverse Crossing. Mm-hmm. Can Kala make a life here? And Which is like literally, like if you thought Banger was the middle of nowhere... Trapper's Crossing is like a whole other element because like they bought their house. Like they are committed to right. um Making they're committed to work. Yeah. Um and they don't have anybody there. I mean, because Bangor was was isolated and it was it was that part of Alaska that there's nothing there. But they had family. They mm-hmm. had Mabel and they had Agnes, Agnes and and they they had they had um the wild staff so, yeah and now they're moving to a place where they literally know no one and yeah. so there's this element of like isolation in an isolated town and Cal and Khaled really has to find her way into this space and I I think um because of that and because that's the main tension in the novel we see a lot of Kala um, alone. Mm-hmm. And there isn't a lot of Jonah in a lot of this book. Yeah. He's off fighting fires and... Flying um, people around. Flying and... people and doing what pilots do. And she's alone. And she has to make these connections to these other characters. And so I think true romance fans looking for this to be a romance book... You're not going to find that. It's a sequel to a romance book that still falls within the romance genre. So there's a lot more. There are a lot of other elements going on in here. And and because she is trying to find her place in Trapper's Crossing and she's alone, in order for K.A. Tucker to make that feel real, she had to have these days, these chapters where Jonah's like barely mentioned because that's what Kala was living yeah, like he's there in the beginning when he goes off for the day and then comes home at night. And um, I think that's a side of Kala that I can like really, really relate to. And I like felt for her that when she, um, there's that scene where she's like, I opened the bottle of wine because he said he was going to be home at 5 p.m. And now it's nine o'clock and I'm drunk and he's not here. And like by no fault of his own, so, like, we see Kala doing a lot of compromising because we're getting it from her perspective. But I really liked uh, towards the end of the book um, when they're having that fight and Kala has the realization that, like, Jonah didn't, like, move to a different country and, like, move thousands of miles away from everything that he knew. But he did still make sacrifices for her. It's her yeah. perspective. So obviously, like, because I was sitting there being like, oh, my God, Jonah is messing this up so hard. Right. Where is he? Don't let me down. So when she brought that up, it was like a nice slap in the face for me as a reader to be like, he's he's making sacrifices, too. It's so funny. I actually, I literally, this is my exact note that I wrote to say this. Um, 
criticism that Kala did all the changing. We have to remember that she tells us the story. She's the narrator and we see things through her perspective. Jonah had to change too. I really like that scene we got where he um, says how it's been hard for him and all the things he has to change. Yes. We're on the same page. Love it's it. Literally exactly what I had because we're also, we get the benefit as reader of her mind and mm-hmm. we don't get Jonah's mind. Yeah. So it made me say like it's still a love story. Um, but there's yeah. so much around it because there are these still like such like wonderful moments. And like when he took her back to the cabin and was trying to propose, even though that was like sort of a failed proposal moment for Jonah and Kala, I was actually really happy that it was a failed failure um, because it opened up dialogue for them. And like, I don't think they were ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. So... Obviously, it happens, like, in the middle of the book. So it was a good – it was good that it happened for them because their relationship could have so much more growth. Um, because Calla still had a lot of figuring out to do about what her purpose was in right. Trapper's Crossing. Mm-hmm. It's very much about her purpose. And I, I love the way that that developed. I really – I was wrapping my mind. I'm like, if this story doesn't find a way to make Calla feel – like she has a place in this town beyond just making jam and like tending to a garden. I'm I I won't feel fulfilled as a reader because that's not realistic that that's the life that she can have. She needs to have a purpose independent of stepping into somebody else's shoes. And I think that the moment when that happened, when that, that was talked about, it was directly in the text of the book of like you need to find your own place, Khaled. Stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to not be your mom. And not stop trying to be fit into Trapper's Crossing. Make Trapper's Crossing fit around you. Bring mm-hmm. bring something to it. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, and I loved the, like, I mean, we talk about Toby and Marie. But, like, the, we had um, so many other new characters who were introduced to us that gave the town, like, such flavor. And um, mm-hmm. uh so we had like Roy and Muriel and um, Teddy, who is Muriel's husband and Toby's father, and like that the one bar in town. I just think like Kay Tucker did like such a really a really really good job giving us like such a um, a bright picture of Trapper's Crossing. Right, and she did. That's that's one of my favorite parts about the Simple Wild too, is that it created this very real Alaska for us and Trapper's Crossing is kind of like we got even more in this story about this zoomed in version of a of a new town and a new area and so Kaylee when you read this book I cannot wait to hear your thoughts if if you don't know Kaylee at uh Literary Penguins she is a Google Maps fanatic. She loves Google Maps. Like it's it's a f- pastime for her to look at it. <laughs> it's a hobby. <laughs> it's, it's a hobby. And She's a cartographer. I think, she, I, I think she said like it's her favorite app on the phone. I would hope that that's behind Instagram for all of her her friends on there that love it. <laughs> but and um and she said one of her favorite parts about the Simple Wild, and she says this in her video review. So check that out on her page. Um that her favorite part was like trying to pinpoint exactly where Bangor was in Alaska and it's a fictional town and she found the real town that it was based off of and she felt like such a sense of accomplishment and <laughs> we'd get the same thing in, in, in uh, 
Wild at Heart, where we've got Trapper's Crossing is a fake town, but it's based off of a real town. And so, Kaylee, don't look at the acknowledgements. Try to guess what town it is and get back to us in your eventual review because I know you'll read it. Um, I do have to say, like, this um, is so... This is going back to uh, the idea of it being, like, like, the romance element and everything, but... There was that one scene <laughs> when Calla posts the um, the shirtless photo of Jonah on her Instagram, and uh-huh. he like gets mad and like he's, uh-huh. they, they like mention how he like ties up her hands in bed with her shirt. I was home alone, and I literally went, oh, oh, <laughs> like. I had I out and I don't have out loud reactions to books, so like. <laughs> I just like I could not forget to tell you that I literally oh that was such a good scene too because they're like like he's talking he's like so how was your day (laughs) whatever and she's like and then I felt the fabric of my shirt like tighten around my wrist and then he's like and then I knew he knew what I did yes (laughs) and it's like and that's the banter that made the simple wild what it was yeah and we we not that we lost that in this book but it's just different it's just different and that was a moment where it was like he's getting her back yeah it was a really yeah like a good balance of like we get those like those iconic moments with a more serious conversation because Mm -hmm. um so Roy who was introduced is Cal and Jonah's neighbor and he's like the curmudgeonly guy who doesn't really talk to anybody, doesn't really come out. Um, and we find out why he is that way. And um, mm-hmm. like, how did you feel about that? Well, so here's here's the thing. I that's a that's a trigger for me. I have a hard time with Roy as a character because I. Um, I knew that there was something in his past. I saw that he had this super hard exterior and he was obviously paying for some like self. He, he like had a lot of self hate for something he had done in his past. Mm-hmm. So we find out that he um, has problems with has substance abuse problems and, um, and what, and part of that made him very rate filled with rage and he hit his wife. And he immediately realized how wrong that was, fled, like left, you know, he, he packed his bags and he said, you deserve better. And he left for Alaska and put himself in this like secluded environment and, uh, and, and got clean. And I can't really say how I feel about Roy, but what I, how I do feel is that I think that K.A. Tucker handle this excellently because we don't hear callus say oh he made a mistake and all is forgiven and he's much better now she doesn't say that like she she doesn't even she doesn't put it on the page of how Kala feels about what he did or like that context like it's left very much open for the reader to make their own informed opinion about how they felt about roy instead of trying to say okay but look at how much he's grown Mm -hmm. it's a very real element to the story that Again, something so much deeper than just this romance and the story that goes there, but um, it takes us to a very, very deep level. And it's not a huge, that moment is not expressed in a lot of detail, but we do find out why he's so uh, secluded and so hesitant to let anybody in because he doesn't want to hurt them. 
it, it it's a really important point to bring up. And um, like you said, K.A. Tucker is not forming the reader's opinion of Roy for them. And she's giving us the opportunity to to take the moments where he is this like sweet old neighbor and um uh it's like how how do you reconcile those two parts of a person and that sort of happens like towards the end of the book when Jonah is not coming home <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like i knew i knew we were going to get a happy ending one way or the other but there had to be a time where he was going to have an accident. Like, it was inevitable. So we saw Kala try to make her place in this world, or in this in, in Trapper's Crossing by um, starting her own business, being involved in marketing, starting her own, like, PR-like kind of thing, um, and then starting out um, renovating the cabins and building this little um, – airbnb space to have people around and have mabel and agnes come and and you start to feel like this is what she can contribute to this area and this is this is where she can make a life and then on the heels of that uh jonah sees that and he sees that she has finally found her place here and he realizes i mean he he never lost sight of the fact that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her and now he feels like um that that can actually happen that they she can be just as happy in Trapper's Crossing as he can be. And together they can be happy. Yeah. When he told her, like, you're thinking of the future, like, or you're thinking of our future. I was like, oh, swoon, melt. Yes. Into yeah. it. Um, so with all of that, do oh, you. Oh, but then he goes missing. Oh, yeah. Right. Then he yeah. goes missing. And you're like, and when she was like, I said yes to marrying him this morning. And like Roy and Toby and Muriel are all there. And they're like. You're going to make it through, Kala. I was like, I know she's not going to kill him off. I know it. But, like, it it had to happen because, like, that was her biggest fear. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like, okay, now we get to see her. Her biggest fear has been realized. Jonah crashed. He went missing. She didn't didn't know where, how, how is she going to handle that? And, like, he's going to go back up in the sky again. And it, and she... Like, I, th- I think it's very definitive at the end that she's like, this is the man that I love. This is who he is. And this is what he's going to do. And like. He's wild at heart. Oh. I'm just going to hold on tight. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, so good. So would you read a third book in this series? Or like, do you think this should be it? Like, should we let Jonah and Cal rest? I. I love these characters. I always want to see more with them. I would not be upset if there was a third book. However, I really feel like we got the ending that needed to happen here. And I feel like this, I'm at peace with the ending of these characters. I have a book hangover. I'm going to miss them terribly. But I am happy with leaving it at the end of this book. I agree. I'm... Like, I'm a person who, like, enjoys fan fiction. Like, I, I'm very happy when I get more of characters that I love. And, but I do think that this was a really, like, I'm I'm also at peace with this ending. I thought it was great. I would love to, like, find out how many kids they do actually end up having. So I would definitely read another one. But I am, I am very understanding of the fact that there may not be. And I'm, I'm happy with what we've been given. 
So I think that's I think that's all we we can spoil from now on. <laughs> yes. Um, so if you, but we still want to talk to you about it. So if you enjoyed this episode, check out our Instagram at Read It or List It Pod to leave a comment with your thoughts. And if you want to keep it spoiler free, you can always DM us, mm-hmm. um, and we can talk about it there. Um, and as always, leave a rating and review as it's the best way to support our podcast. You can find that through Apple Podcasts. There's an opportunity to um, rate this podcast and leave a review. Looking forward to next week, we will be wrapping up the romance genre with sharing our upcoming TBRs, sharing some authors to be on the lookout, and your thoughts on the romance series. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Original artwork by Lindsay Huckabee. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at lindsaydrawsitagain or on Etsy at lindsaydrawsco. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistedpod. All rights reserved 2020.